what they know about them Texas boys. You're listening to the most dangerous show in Texas, Fight Night on 104.9 The Horn. Wherever you are, however you may be listening, it is now Fight Night. Welcome to Fight Night on 104.9 The Horn and hornfm.com. I'm your host, Eddie Cross. You can find me on Twitter at Eddie Experience, one E in the middle. And joining me as always, he's the reason it's snowing in Southern California, Mr. Jordan Wahlberger. Jordan, how did you take the snow from your ski trip with your brothers and send it back to your hometown of Whittier, California? Is it, is it really snowing in Southern California? It was snowing in L.A. No way. I don't believe it. Way. Way. I don't know the last I time. I thought that was going to be the, uh, the apocalyptic event of the weekend. And then I saw there was like seven tornadoes in Oklahoma. I'm like, ooh, that's a little worse. That is, that is not good. Uh, I can't let that's crazy to think that it is snowing in L.A. Uh, it never snowed there. But then again, like it didn't snow here until like three years ago. So I don't know what's happening. Uh, Eddie, it's, it's great. Climate to, change. It's great to be here. It's great to talk to you. Uh, it's great to see you guys. You can follow us at Fight Night ATX on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. You can find me at Nonstop MMA. Uh, Eddie, that's right. I mean, actually, so an old place like near Lake Arrowhead. Uh, it got 81 inches of of snow over the weekend in Southern California. Wow. So those snow resorts were uh, were pretty crazy. But yeah, I'm I'm looking at this lock and La Crescenta, La Quinta. This is uh this is kind of crazy to see the Hollywood sign with the uh, snow out in front of it. Ooh, I haven't seen that picture. That is uh, that is kind of crazy. I'm looking at that right now. Uh, no, that that never happened for me. Uh, I will tell you though, I had a ton of snow. I think Utah got the most snow, at least the resort at Park City, in like 10 years. And it oh, just wow. happened on Tuesday and Wednesday. It dumped there. And, uh, and so we just had some great days on, uh, I guess, 1949. It snowed in L.A. But again, uh, we had some great times, great powder. And I mean, just a little hairy getting up there the first day. My, my brother, he totally lost control of his car. And like I was like, I was behind him. I was like, is he turning sideways? Right? Is he trying to make a U-turn? No, he just went off the road and, oh, like, wow. and, and course corrected and made it back on there. You make that sound like an everyday occurrence, dude. I mean, it you was kind of glossed over that. I was watching and I'm like, what is happening? And I, and I was, I was like, what's going on? So uh, we were What's all going safe. on is you almost died. I wasn't in the car. I was like a hundred, I was like a hundred yards behind him. And, and so it was just, you know, when you have skis, it's just, it's tough to get everyone in one car. So we had to take two cars up to the, uh, to the resort, but it was a little sketchy, but we made it. Well, congratulations. I'm glad you're back. Skiing was good. I will tell uh, you, I've been working out pretty regularly for a while now and a lot of calf workouts a lot of like squats my quads and my calves were on fire on yeah. saturday like i was like man i thought i was like at least somewhat prepared for this i was not i was not at all you're getting old i'm getting old you're getting old hey quick question how are the chickens they're still alive they uh have they've not all right they, they a, have not produced any eggs uh, they're now up on the, but I, I think it's supposed to be four weeks. I think they were, they were not ready yet. So we're almost there, uh, but they are now roosting on the bar and uh, they, they, they are, you know, they're eating a lot of food. I think they're eating more than we thought they would, but it's, uh, it's good. Things are good. Now, what happens if they lay eggs while you're cruising? Well, I am cruising, but my wife is not cruising. So my what? wife is actually going to be home. Uh, and so my, my daughters. How did you pull that off? Yeah. So this is what happens is. It's like the greatest trick the devil ever pulled. My parents, my parents take 10-year-old grandkids on a trip. And they're going to Mexico. 
and on a cruise. I'm the youngest of four boys. And so my, my kids are the youngest grandkids. And so they're going on a cruise uh, to Mexico. My parents are a little bit older now. They're, they're 80 and uh, almost 81. And oh my God. And so we decided that uh, you know maybe it's not the best idea that my parents were a little bit slower now. They walk a little bit slower. Then maybe they don't go alone with my, with my kids to Mexico. And so uh, my wife and I decided that I would go with them. And so uh, in order, it's, and then she's not going to go because we don't want it to be our trip. We still want it to be my parents' trip. So I'm just there to kind of help to, to be there in case they need anything. And uh, I, I have my own room. So I have my own room by myself. And the girls are staying with my grandparents, with my parents. And uh, so when, when I put them to bed, I may be at the casino. So we'll see. I mean, it'll be fun. So what happens is your wife gets rid of all of y'all for a week. No, Drake will be here still. Drake will be home. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, just, just the two the of them. Yeah, just the two of them. So Drake yeah. has already done that, already done the 10-year-old trip. So, Well, you know, as a kid his age, what's he really going to be doing? Homework and video games, right? Well, he, he has school, unfortunately. So, Well, I said homework. Yeah. yeah he'll still, he'll when he gets home, school. when he gets home, it'll still be like she's home alone. It's, it's actually his birthday uh, this week, and he is dying for the, uh, the new Harry Potter uh, Hogwarts legacy game. And, and so he, he is dying to get that and hopefully he can play that. So tell me you got it already, right? I haven't got it yet. I, I, you know, Jordan, it's this week and Eddie, I don't know if you know this, but with digital downloads, you can just, you know, download immediately. So, oh yeah. You know, I forget about those. So <laughs> we got good I'm Wi-Fi. Old. We got good Wi-Fi I'm, these days. So I'm old. So yeah. what's going hey, on buddy, with you? Check, check this out, man. Start off on a kind of a downer on Saturday. I attended my, uh, my work partner's, uh, zoom funeral. I almost booked my tickets to Cocaine Bear for the same time. At the last second, I remembered and moved those to a little further in the afternoon. The memorial went a little longer than I thought. And as I was trying to switch to uh, my car audio and take off for the movie theater, I didn't realize that my mic turned on. So all of a sudden, I'm backing out the entire place. Here's my GPS go off. And I still haven't admitted to his wife that it was me. So you don't think they knew that? Uh, They know it was in Austin. Just based on what they heard. <laughs> but uh, I, I'm taking that one to my grave, too. But by the way, Cocaine Bear is everything you expect it to be. So the UFC marketing worked on you. Oh, no. I heard about Cocaine Bear in, like, in the fall. Been waiting on this one for a while. Just kind of forgot about it after a bit. It's a bear on cocaine, Jordan. It's a bear on coke. And they took some liberties, right? It's not exactly... How the uh, the story went though, right? I think the bear did the bear just die. Yeah, um, in real life, the bear was like a basically a cub, weighed like less than two hundred pounds, and ate about three or four pounds of coke. In the movie, uh, they just go on and on with like duffel bags full, and it's a big mama bear uh, that just goes on a rampage. Yeah, it's it's the movie's much more fun than real life. But the real life cocaine bear is at a museum in Kentucky. They stuffed him. They also call him. Get this Pablo Escobar put on. Psh. All right, enough of this. Let's talk fights. Should we start? I mean, I think we, let's start with the UFC. Let's work our way to the obvious to the st- biggest event yeah. of the weekend. Yeah. The most exciting event of the weekend. Of course, you know oh, I'm talking. Don't say that. I'm talking about Floyd Mayweather. That has to be the most exciting, right? <laughs> I mean, did you see him dancing in the ring? No, I, I don't watch that, Eddie. Come on, you, you know better than that, that I wouldn't be watching that. Yeah, I saw highlights elsewhere. Actually, I got my dates wrong on those two ridiculous fights. I thought Floyd was on uh, Sunday and Jake Paul was on Saturday. Well, let's, 
let's get that. Uh, let's get to that later. Let's start UFC Vegas seventy. Now, Eddie, I did watch UFC Vegas seventy, at least the main event and Tatiana Suarez, and then I know what happened with Augusto Sakai. I was fine. I was back from skiing. That's one of the great parts about being on the West Coast. You know, it's only an hour earlier than, uh, than Texas, but it was still, I was able to be back from skiing. I was waiting to go to dinner, and uh, so I sat down, and let me tell you, uh, I was surprised. I was surprised when Brendan Allen, and, and so was, you know, a lot of people, uh, Brendan Allen, when he defeated Andre Muniz by a submission, be able to submit him, I thought Edgar Muniz was someone who was not really, you know, was he going to be a future UFC champion? I don't know that. He's in a really tough division at middleweight, but he was on a rocket ship, right? He was someone, the way he took out Jacare. Uh, I don't believe that he had lost in the UFC prior to this. Uh, and then, you know, I also had known, you know, Brendan Allen, he lost to Chris Curtis. He lost to Sean Strickland. And, and so I thought I knew, you know, what his limits were, how good he could be. Uh, but... What a performance, and, and what a way to kind of cap off the night. This was supposed to be Ryan Spann versus Nikita Krylov. That fight was, you know, uh, canceled midday, right? Or, or excuse me, mid-fight card. Yeah, I was going to say, even worse, yeah, by the time the main card started, they were still touting that as the main event. Yes, yeah, and so he, he backed out, and so you only had a four-fight main event, uh, or main card, excuse me, but uh, Andre Muniz, you know, he had defeated Uriah Hall. He had defeated Eric Anders, uh, yeah, boy. Uh, he... I think he broke Jacare's arm, right? Uh, and then so yeah, going back, this was his first loss. Going back uh, to 2016, he lost in Russia at, uh, this is called United Caucasian FC. Uh, <laughs> that's like the most MMA thing I can imagine, right? <laughs> it's the Caucasus Mountains. That doesn't get more more MMA than that right there. It does it. It does uh, it. But no, and so and then Brendan Allen, right? So I mean, yeah, this was this was a, a surprising finish, and where he was able to uh, you know overcome uh, you know what I thought was going to be a a big disadvantage for him. Brendan Allen looked good. I mean, I think it really I think it was a second round where Muniz went for a takedown, and Allen was able to roll with it and get on top of him, and and really, I mean, it just he he looked like a completely different fighter than was what I was expecting to happen. The whole ending of this card was surprising, and as I turned to it, I believe in the middle of the uh, Sakai uh, Maze fight, and then like it was just over in the blink of an eye, and I had to go back on ESPN Plus to catch up to, to things because of you know Cocaine Bear. Yes, Cocaine Bear. But yeah, Brendan Allen looked great, man, and the fact that Dana didn't ish- give a fight of the night bonus is kind of a um, kind of sketchy, but he did give away a lot of performance of the night bonuses, including one to Brendan Allen. So I guess he thought uh, <laughs> Munoz didn't deserve crap. Well, he gave one to every single person who got a finish. Whenever he does that, you know, I think that's always a, uh, that's a good sign, right? Yeah, I, can't I, complain about that. I like to see that. So that, They should do that every card. I know. I, I think, you know, the, the UFC is not hurting, obviously. Uh, Apparently, they don't think it's going to hurt their stock price if they give away a little extra money. But I don't know. Uh, so, Brendan Allen, you know, it's interesting. You wonder what's next. He wasn't ranked. Andre Muniz was ranked 11th going into this fight. Uh, but then you look at the rankings, Eddie. Um, you know, do I think it's tough, right? Because what, where, I mean, we'll see, obviously, Drinkers 2 Pluses, who's ranked number 10 right now. Uh, he's fighting Derek Brunson this week. Uh, so maybe there's going to be a loser, obviously, of that fight who maybe he could fight against. Uh, Jack Hermanson's up there, Roman Delice, uh, Sean Strickland, Paolo Costa. Um, going back, though, Nasruddin Imavov, Kelvin Gastelum, Chris Curtis, Darren Till. Uh, while I think that you know, this was a great win, I don't know if Brendan Allen is really ready, right, for the top 10 yet. I would like to see maybe a Chris Curtis rematch. 
I was thinking uh, maybe Darren Till, if he's available to he wasn't he dealing with an injury. He he has previously been yes. But yeah, uh, Darren Till that would be a fun fight. Yeah, uh, and then obviously Andre Muniz. Do I? I mean this. I don't think it's over for him, right? I no. think he's going to have no. to uh, build himself back up. But that was that was a, a weird a weird surprising finish for me to see him tap out. You know, to Brandon. Yeah. So. That's that's almost unforgivable after what he's done. Yeah, uh, Augusto Sakai, uh, you saw the end of that. I mean, he dominated. You know, thirty twenty seven, won all three rounds there. Uh, but the real fight, the real fight I want to mention, right, is is the return of Tatiana Suarez and uh, and Eddie. We I talked about this this week that this was a big deal, right? This was a big deal going into this fight because um, Tatiana Suarez hadn't fought for you know over three years, and and this is somebody who I think she won. She won the strawweight version of the Ultimate Fighter. Uh, back in the day, um, this was a this was a featherweight fight. Excuse me, this was a flyweight fight, uh, and this is the reason that it was is because since she hasn't fought since June 2019, she wanted to kind of test herself. She didn't want to have to, you know have to worry about a weight cut going into this fight, and and so she did decide um, to fight at flyweight, even though right after that she did say that she wants to go back uh, to, to the strawweight, finish what she's done yeah. over there. Yeah, and Montana De La Rosa thought that. Her being bigger would be a would be help for her in this fight, and it turned out to not matter one bit. Now, Tatiana Suarez is that good, and if she can dominate someone, you know, a weight class up, that well, she's definitely going to be a force again at strawweight. Yeah, I'm just I'm excited to see her back in the mix. Uh, I would love to put her, you know, put her against someone in the top ten. Um, you know, you don't have to put shotgunner to the top five. You know, we can slow roll this a little bit, but I definitely think you give her a top 10 opponent and, at straw weight uh, based on, you know, just the people that she's beat before. Right. Uh, Carla Sparza, Alexa Grasso. She has wins over a former champion and Alexa Grasso is fighting for the title at flyweight this this week. Uh, but still, um, she does have some impressive wins. Yeah. And um, let's see. Tisha Torres just doesn't need to be in the rankings right now. She's a little busy. Uh, Amanda Hibas is fighting this week. Um, I wouldn't want to stick her against Michelle Waterson or Angela Hill. That's um, that's not good for either one of them. But then after that, you got you go into Mackenzie Dern, Jessica Andrade uh, territory. I'm like, that's a big jump. Yeah, no, I mean, we'll talk about fights. Actually, Mackenzie Dern's got a fight coming up. Uh, Marina Rodriguez has a fight coming up. Uh, you know, we know Jessica Andrade. She just fought. Um, yeah, that's too far. So. But we will uh, we will see. Although Andrade might might fall, so who knows? Well, I mean, she did fight at flyweight, so we'll, we'll see kind of what division she wants to teeter and fight at. So. That's a good point. Uh, either way, I think Tatiana Suarez. Um, I want to build upon what she did today, and then continue on, and, and we'll see where she goes. Uh, just a couple other yeah. things. Uh, Jordan Levitt, he got a uh, a win, and uh, and Trevor Pete, great KOs. Anything else that uh, that you wanted to mention? Actually, uh, in the first fight of the night was named Nerillo Aliyev. Is that how you say that? I didn't even know this was a country. Okay, he became the first Tajikistan-born fighter to win a UFC fight. I thought they were making that up. I'd never heard of this place before. Had to look it up. From Wikipedia, officially the Republic of Tajikistan is a landlocked country in Central Asia, has an area of 143,000 square kilometers, an estimated population of 9.7 million people. Its capital and largest city is Dushanbe. It is bordered by Afghanistan to the south, Uzbekistan to the west, Kyrgyzstan to the north, and China to the east. And thousands of his countrymen in Tajikistan filled a soccer stadium 
to watch this fight at 2.30 in the morning, local time. Good, good news is it was the first fight of the night. They could go home and go to sleep. Bad news is they were probably lit. But, hey, he won, and that was great, despite losing a point um, for a bite, which eh, that's one of the weirder ones I've seen in a while. All right, let's go to Bellator 291 in Dublin. Uh, Yaroslav Amosov defeats Logan Storley. This is a rematch, and, and this was something that we thought, like, this was a tough fight last time. This was a closer fight last time between Amosov and, uh, and Logan Storley. And this time, he rolled through him. I mean, 50-45 on all scorecards. He looked very good. He unifies the welterweight title. Um, but now you look at Bellator, right? Bellator, you know, with Amosov at, at welterweight. Is he better than Leon Edwards, their champion? Is he better than Kamaru? I don't know. No, no. Um, they could make a case, but like, there's an opportunity for Bellator to really make a case that they have the best middleweight, or that their champion is better than the champion of the UFC. You look the at question Amazon. Is, is anyone listening? Well, I mean, that's true. I mean, you're, it's a good point, right? Um, but to see, like, Amosov, you got Nemkov, you got Johnny Eblen at middleweight. Could Eblen beat Alex Bejeda? Maybe. Uh, could Nemkov beat uh, Jamal Hill? Maybe. Uh, and just so you look at right now, who's the champions at the in the UFC right now in those divisions and compare them to the champions at Bellator? Who has better fighters? Bellator could make the claim in each of those three ter- in each of those three um, you know weight classes. Yeah, and I hate to uh, to diss Leon Edwards, but he is kind of a, a bit of a flawed champion. Now he did win that fight fair and square. He threw that kick. He knocked Usman out cold. But we saw him get dominated for five rounds, four and a half rounds. So to think of him as being the best welterweight, um, I don't think anyone believes that outside his gym. Yeah, uh, But I think the most impressive thing for Amosov, hasn't fought in two years, literally went to war, uh, went to go and, uh, and defend uh, the Ukraine. And so him coming back, looking good, looking better, uh, this was a great, impressive way um, for him to make that return. Uh, and the only other thing I would mention on the night, I think Peter Quelly, uh, anytime you're in Dublin, right? And you can have the cranberries. We've seen uh, UFC yeah. fighters do it, but coming out to zombie, that was, uh, that was a moment. Yeah, unfortunately, it didn't help him as he got TKO'd in front of his countrymen, but it was a great moment. Kind of gives you chills when the whole crowd is singing along. Uh, hey. Their tanks and their bombs and their bombs and their guns in your head, in your head. Yeah. They're still fighting. Zombie. Uh, all right, Eddie, walk us through one on Prime 7 real quick. Uh, real quick, this was a, the main event was a rematch between John Lineker and Fabricio Andrade. Lineker lost his title, his Bantamweight title, on the scales in October. Um, but that one ended in a no contest due to a uh, groin strike in the third round. So they run it back this, uh, this weekend. I hate to say it, but John Lineker just got big brothered. His corner stops the fight in the fourth both of his eyes swollen. He could he basically couldn't see. It looked bad, man. It really. The pictures are amazing. If you can see them, I think they're on MMA Junkie. If you can see find those photos, they're great. But Lineker had his moments. But Andrade is seven years younger, five inches taller, five inch reach advantage. It was just almost unfair. Uh, all right, let's jump out. No, uh, yeah, yeah let's don't, don't make me do it. Yeah, let's get don't make boxing. me do it. Let's go real quick. Let's talk. Uh, well, I guess there was a BKFC as well. Uh, Former UFC middleweight, uh, the the owner of maybe the worst tattoo in uh, in all of <laughs> UFC, Alan Belcher. He won the BKFC heavyweight title with a uh, oh, the great one punch KO in the third. Uh, that's after he took the belt, right? So he defeated Arnold Adams to win the title. 
That Eddie, was a hell of a punch. That was. Walk us through, Eddie. Let's go Floyd Mayweather versus Aaron Chalmers real quick. Uh, Floyd Mayweather had an exhibition against some guy named Aaron Chalmers. No one showed up. Uh, that's about it. Did you love it? Did you love watching it? <laughs> uh, Cocaine Bear. Oh, you were at Cocaine Bear at the time. Yeah, yeah. I didn't see. I saw a couple of highlights. Floyd sat on the ropes between rounds instead of you know sitting on the stool listening to his corner because he doesn't care. At some point, he was dancing, doing spins in the middle of the ring uh, during the rounds, during the fight. I am convinced now at this point, he's just letting these clowns hang around to the final bell just so other clowns know that he'll make them look good. And then he can do it all over again with someone new. Oh, my God. Do I need to send that picture to you, Eddie? You, you send that. Yeah. That, that's a picture of me and Alan Belcher with his, uh, with his tattoo. That's back at UFC 126. So Wow. All right, let's get into it. Jake Paul versus Tommy Fury. Uh, Eddie, I think we both picked that Jake Paul was going to win this fight. Uh, we both uh, thought that... Uh, you thought Tommy Fury... I, I don't think you ever picked Excuse Tommy me? Fury ever. Did we ever make picks? I think you've never spoken as if Tommy Fury was going to win a fight. Uh, and all the time we talked about this. Eddie. That's because I don't like speaking of Jake Paul in any point let alone Tommy Fury. So, let alone, did, so you never did. So you're, you're making a, a, a much about nothing by saying that you did pick Tommy Fury, which you actually didn't. I uh, don't think, I don't know if we didn't make picks at all. Did so we? last week, Eddie, you're like, oh, yeah, I think Jake Paul's going to beat Tommy. That's what you think. That's actually no, actual no. recording from Eddie right there last week. <laughs> and, uh, and so Jake Paul, Tommy Fury. How does your wife put up with you? This fight was, I mean, it was not as good as quality fighting, but it was, it was close. It was a good fight. I mean, it was good enough. It was like watching two close junior high teams play against each other. You know, two uh, evenly matched junior high teams. You know, the, did, you, did, did you play high school football? I did. You would have played for the state championship. Just know, so you're a high school football player. Just know, you would get any age, any age you've ever been, Jake Paul would destroy you. Any age you've ever been in your whole life, Jake Paul destroys you in boxing. So you can't I've, say, I mean, I've never boxed. You can't call yourself like a, you're, you're saying a junior high athlete. You were a high school star athlete. Give him, give him a little bit more credit than this. Jake Paul or Tommy would have been ranked. And, and he was well, saying Jake Paul's been doing mad. this for what? You're still Jake mad. Paul's been doing this for like Anderson two Silva. years, three years. How long has Jake Paul been boxing? A few years now. That's why I give him junior high. You, you're still a little bitter. If he'd been doing it for 10 years. You could say college, maybe. This is like the Chris Weidman all over again. You're salty over what he did to Anderson Silva, just like you're still salty about Dude, Chris Weidman. Anderson Silva should have retired years ago. But he didn't, and he lost I to know. Jake Paul. That's the problem. And that's what happens when you're 50 and you're fighting 25-year-olds. So it, ended up, it ends up being a split decision. Uh, Tommy Fury actually gets the win. He was knocked down in, uh, in the eighth round. Uh, they both got deducted points. And that points. was a legit knockdown. It was. They both got deducted points. Um, but it Those was, weren't legit. It was a, a – yeah, the ref was not very good. Uh, but it was a clear win, right, for Tommy Fury. And yeah, I thought so. Going back now, so Jake has the opportunity to enact his rematch clause. It sounds like he's going to do that. Um, well, of course. Despite the fact that maybe you know, we don't want to see it. Uh, but, Eddie, is this – where do you think the um, – like, where's the Jake Paul experiment right now? Like, what does this do to it? It is at its climax, I'd say. Um, the best thing for him – if he could win the, the rematch and then end up facing Nate Diaz, that would be like the biggest thing for him. But if he loses again, uh, it, may, it may be over. Yeah, I was wondering, can't he come back from this, right? But seeing as he was supposedly supposed to make about 25 mil for this uh, fight, I don't think it matters much. But yeah, if, uh, if he makes 25 mil for the next one, like he's literally robbing the world blind, then he'd probably make over 30, 40 
be uh, getting Nate Diaz in there with his following. Did you see that they made a uh, title belt for that fight? I did. I did see it. It's almost as legit as the uh, the belt buckles that I found on my own. You check that out. Okay, the big gold belt. This this UFC belt buckle is as legitimate as the WBC belt that they made for uh, Fury and Paul. It's called the the uh, Diarrhea Belt, named after the region of Riyadh, which the internet quickly dubbed the Diarrhea Belt. Deservedly so. Hey, did you hear that? Uh, so first off, like Logan Paul's out there yelling. In during the uh, during the middle of the fight at Tommy Fury, who does an interview where the whole stadium can hear you at ringside in the middle of a fight? Mid fight, mid fight. I actually want to play. I want to play a little bit of that though. Oh, please do. What was the last thing that you said to Jake before he came out tonight? I said, Jake, I love you. I'm not going to give you a big speech. I know you got this, but either come back victorious or come back on your shield. I love you, bro. I love you too, man. So what happened there was is Radio Raheem? <laughs> did he actually think? That he was telling him that he loved him? Like, I, I, just, I guess you I'm so You ever go confused. to a restaurant and the waiter says, enjoy your meal, and you say, you too? I mean, I have even said, like, love you and, like, love you too, unfortunately. Like, uh, or actually, the worst part is, like, when you're hanging up on a phone call and you're like, love you, and you're like, uh, that's not, doesn't make any sense. Oh, that was my boss. Yeah. That was Eddie, again. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, you know you love me. Um, no, but in seriousness, there was an actual important fight on this card. Badu Jack became a three-weight world champion, and he canceled out um, Ilunga Makabu's uh, Canelo lottery ticket because Makabu was supposed to fight Canelo a while back. It didn't materialize. Canelo had to defend his belts. So Canelo thought he was going to jump up to cruiserweight, and I guess maybe he thought he'd found a, uh, a cruiserweight champion he could take on, and that is over. Now, I don't know if, he's, if he could take Badu Jack. He is 39. So who knows, but he looked great in this one. Got a knockdown in the uh, fourth, I believe, and then finished it off with a 12th-round TKO. That was pretty impressive. Well, Eddie, you know what's exciting? We're going we're gonna to roll right through here, but that was UFC uh, Fight Night 70. That was one on Prime 7, Bellator 291, BKFC New Orleans, Floyd Mayweather versus Aaron oh Chalmers, goodness. and Jake Paul. Uh, but we're not going to be right back, guys. Right now, it's time for a little game we like to play of What Up With That. What's up with that? Woke up this morning and I got out of bed. Had a big old cup of coffee to clear my head. Been home for a while and that's where I'm at. But we can still jam on What's up with that? Ooh-wee. What's up with that? What's up with that? Ooh-wee. What's up with that? What's up with that? What's up with that? Jordan, what is up with that? I, I, normally, I would say we're welcome back, but we didn't go anywhere. No, we did what? not go anywhere. But did you know that Woody Harrelson lived here in Austin? I didn't know that he lived here in know, Austin. I didn't know but, that one either. But I did hear him say Texas during the monologue. Hey, did he ever? So I, I, did, I haven't watched the whole show. But did they ever like in, officially induct him into the five-timer club? Did, did Tom Hanks ever come out and give him a jacket? I know it was a Scarlett Johansson gave him a jacket at the end of the show. Okay. Okay. And Jack White. So okay. He also got a jacket. Yeah. Uh, but if you didn't see it, man, um, I think the best sketch of the night was the Cola Guard sketch. That one hit a little too close to home for me. Uh, also, uh, Woody, 
uh, since uh, if you're in town, if you're listening, um, don't go on stage high, buddy. I mean, I'm sure that's not the first time that's happened on, on SNL. Oh, no. Oh, no. Uh, actually, it's probably the uh, lightest drugs that they've been high on in SNL. But Woody is over 60 now. So, like, yeah, ease up, buddy. That's Woody Harrelson being over 60. That one bugs me, dude. I remember when he was first on it, and uh, he was actually hosting. I want to say Kirstie Alley um, was hosting, and they were doing a, like, uh, they were going out to the crowd, and they were showing different people, and they showed the people from Cheers, and a young Woody Harrelson was on the show. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Scarlett Johansson that gave him the jackets. I'd have to go back and watch the game, but I'm pretty sure it was Scarlett. All right, I will have to watch that. I, I will let you know as well. Now, Jordan, on a heavier note, the UFC hosted a celebration of life for Stefan Bonner on Saturday at the Apex. What's up with that? Yeah, the, so the UFC invited the public in to the Apex on Saturday to celebrate the life of tough one runner-up uh, Stefan Bonner. Uh, the remembering Bonner who passed away on Christmas Eve last year. Uh, Forrest Griffin spoke at the event, so did Dana White. Um, then also uh, uh, Stefan's friend and father also spoke. And then the cast of The Ultimate Fighter uh, Season 1 uh, came up there. Uh, Chris Lieben, Chuck Liddell was also in that uh, oh, wow. uh, in that group. Um, you know, we, we go often, right, that the, the UFC does not take care of their fighters. Uh, and, that, and that may be true, right? But, but this was a nice moment. Dana White told uh, the family, like, look, if you ever need anything, uh, please come to me. Please ask me. Um, and, uh, and, and I think genuinely, I think he means it, right? I think, you know, Stefan Bonner is somebody who changed the trajectory of the UFC. I think it's the reason why um, Forrest Griffin is still an employee of the, uh, of the UFC, even after. They do owe a lot uh, to him. Yeah, even after they, that merger, after they sold, um, after the acquisition, excuse me. And so I, I think there's, um, there, there's a place in his heart, right, for, for Stefan Bonner and his family. So uh, hopefully uh, they can help support and, and give them the things that, they, that that family needs, obviously, for someone who was taken way too early. Yeah, and hopefully um, Bellator can pitch in with that, considering he also worked uh, on the other side of the aisle for them. Speaking of organizations we don't talk about as much, um, you know KSW in the Czech Republic? They had an event over the weekend, Jordan. What's up with that? Yeah, so they, you know, they're in Poland. They're, they're kind of in that Eastern Europe area. Um, so Philip DeFries, DeFries, he actually faced a returning Todd Duffy uh, to defend the KSW heavyweight title. Uh, this was the first time that Duffy actually fought in three and a half years. Uh, he ended up defeating wow. him by ground and pound in the first round. And this was a, re- a rematch idea of their first fight back at UFC 155 in 2012. Uh, Duffy got a first round TKO victory. Uh, after the fight, DeFries said he wanted Alistair Overeem. Uh, on the June 3rd stadium show in Warsaw, Poland. So we're doing Ooh. that right now. So uh, Overeem still out here fighting, maybe in KSW. I'm not sure what to say about that one. I don't think I'd mind seeing that. Jordan, the second PFL card of the year has been announced. What's up with that? Yeah, so heavyweights and featherweights are going to be in action on April 7th at PFL 2. Uh, this is going to happen at the theater at the Virgin Hotels in Los Angeles. Excuse me, in Las Vegas, excuse me. Uh, and so you have heavyweight champion Ante Delizia. And uh, he's going to be fighting Jorgen DeCastro. Uh, Larissa Pacheco is going to fight Julia Budd. Uh, the rest of the main card, you got Bruno Capelosa uh, versus Mathus Scheffel. You got Henan Ferreira versus Rizvan Kuniev. And then in the pre, those, that's going to be on ESPN. And then the preliminary card on ESPN Plus, uh, just a couple of fights I want to mention. Uh, Biagio Ali Walsh. So he's going to be fighting again. TBA. That's grandson, grandson of the goat. Yeah, grandson of Muhammad Ali. Uh, former Bishop Gorman. Uh, running back, I actually saw him play football one time. Really, and wow. then uh, Aspen Ladd's going to be making her debut against Olena Kalisnik. Now, why wouldn't Aspen Ladd be on the main card? Uh, I don't know. It's a good point. We'll see how she does. 
Yeah. I mean, no defense to Hina and Fajeda, but Espinlad is a uh, it's a little, little more interesting. Yeah. Now, Conor McGregor has had his first interview since coaching tough, and you want to talk about interesting, Jordan. What's up with that? Yeah, so, I mean, I mean, not the most interesting, right? But So he spoke with him at Life last week, and uh, he said he's got nothing against Michael Chandler. He's going to slice right through him, right? He did talk about how he thinks that Chandler is kind of just more of an athlete as opposed to, like, a technical fighter. He says, yeah, look, he's got skills. He's got wrestling skills, but he doesn't have, like, those finer skills. He kind of compared him to a Chad Mendes out there, which is interesting because Michael Chandler was asked about, hey, are you going to remember that you're a wrestler? And, uh, and Chandler <laughs> said, uh, maybe – but not until we actually stand on the feet and throw some bombs and have some fun for a while. So uh, he, Chandler knows the wrestler, but he's still going to go after him the same way. Uh, Connor was asked why he is actually coaching tough. Uh, said that he's, gonna, he's doing it right today. I want to give back to the game. But also kind of fully immerse himself uh, in it, feel the energy. He was actually wearing a tough jersey in the interview, which is kind of a distance you know, from that last time when he was just wearing the suits all the time. Uh, but just a note on that, right? He had just come off the win over Chad Mendez. He wasn't actually able. He had a big shiner, and he wasn't actually able uh, to get in there and mix it up with the guy. So uh, interesting. You know, they started those fights, and uh, there's going to be some drama, and we'll see how it all plays out. Kind of reminds me of, what was it, Rocky Four, when uh, he leaves his mansion and goes to work out in Russia, kind of gets back to basics. And that's Connor going into the tough gym, wearing the jersey, getting back to... Uh, Immerse himself in it as opposed to being in his private gym with his private coaches in his lap of luxury. So yeah, that makes well, kind of sense. That makes I sense. I love it. I love it. Yeah. What, what a great analogy. Thank you. Right Thank in time you. for Creed 3. I am so full of it, dude. Yeah. You just going to leave that one? I will. I mean, I, th- I think the people know. The people know that you, where you, where you had hang, hung that one out right there. All right, Jordan. Hit us with the new fights. All right. So uh, UFC 286, March 11th. D-Raw, Daniel Rodriguez is out. Brian Barberina is in to fight Gunnar Nelson. Uh, April 22nd, this is actually a good fight, man. I actually really like the UFC for matching this one up. Number four, Curtis Blades versus number three, Sergey Pavlovich. That's a great fight, man. Uh, UFC 288's official now, Benil Darius, who actually opened up against, as a slight favorite against Charles Dubronx Oliveira. Uh, also on that card, you got Verna Jandaroba versus Marina Rodriguez. Uh, May 13th, Mackenzie Dern versus Angela Hill. Uh, May 20th, Vanessa Demopoulos versus Katalina Kovalkiewicz. And then over in the uh, the Bellator, you got Sydney Outlaw. Oh, this is in Paris. So you got Brett Primus is going in to fight Mansoor Barnawi. So, Eddie, that's Mansoir? what's up with Mansoor. Excuse me. Uh, I think I think the WWE Mansoor, is, is that how they call him over there? Uh, yeah, yeah. This is, uh, that was, uh, what's up with that? That's new fights. And guys, we're not going anywhere. We're going right in. We're talking UFC 285 right after this. Until next time. Hey, 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 hey. What's up with that? What's up with that? All right, UFC 285 is this week. Eddie, that's Eddie Cross. I'm Jordan Wahlberger. You can find us at Fight Night ATX on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Eddie, I am uh, I am pumped. The return of John Jones, this time at heavyweight. This feels like almost like a decade in the making. I feel like John Jones has been talking about going to heavyweight uh, for year after year after year after year. And finally... After not fighting since February 2020, 
John Jones is coming back three years later. Three years later, uh, we'll see what is, how much the weight difference is later. But uh, are you pumped? Are you ready for John Jones to come back? I'm excited, man. Uh, and, you know, I think you're right. I think it may have been like 10 years since you first mentioned going to heavyweight at some point. But then it was just, you know, a kid saying that at some point he's going to get tired of cutting weight. So it wasn't that big a deal. But the last few years, like, I'd say like five, six years, people have just been salivating over the thought. And now it's finally happening after, uh, well, like I said, was three years off. And the last year, we thought we, was gonna, we were going to have it. We thought we were going to have it. We thought we were going to have it. Never materialized. And now finally it's here. And it's not against either of the guys we thought it was going to be against. It's literally like a third option. But it's a hell of an option. It's a great option, right? I mean, I love Francis Ngannou. I love Stipe Miocic. But Cyril Gaon just poses because the guy looks like a ginormous like middleweight and he moves like that. Like it's just going to be a really good, like tough test for John Jones to see. I, I saw John Jones on Monday talking about how he went back and watched the Tiago Santos fight to people say like that was the toughest, um, the toughest kickboxing fight that he had had. And they thought that was gonna be so much more than what Cyril Gaon has to offer him. And, and because, you know, um, and so, you know, I think that, uh, you look at what he did and how he was able to, to, to defend that and fight that. Uh, this is going to be a great matchup, man. It could be. It could be. Did you see the quote where Cyril Gaon said he was lazy and he doesn't really um, work on his craft until a fight is announced? Yeah, I saw his coach kind of walk that back a little bit. Uh, did, you, did, you see what John, did you see what Joan said, though? He thought maybe he was. He's like, look, I, I'm not even going to pay any attention to this. This is like he's he's sandbagging it, right? He's trying to he's trying to play mind games with me. I'm expecting the best Cyril Gaon there is, as as well he should be. But even if Cyril Gaon had been working nonstop on his wrestling since the Ngannou fight, he would still be like decades behind John, where John Jones is with his wrestling. And Jones has been working as added Suhudo to his camp. Um, his wrestling should be the highest level it's been in a long time against a guy with very little ground game. Like I said, even if he's been working nonstop, it's still going to be so far behind. John Jones could literally end this in the first round if he gets, if he gets one takedown. But that's the thing, right? You, you think about what like John Jones should have. Um, you know, the, the playbook is there, right? What Francis did by being able to, Remember, we were all surprised that Francis was going to out-wrestle Cyril Gaon, right? With we know knees. that John Jones is a better wrestler than Francis Ngannou. Uh, and, and I don't think John Jones is, is, I mean, when's the last time John Jones finished somebody? Uh, you got to go back. And, and I don't know, maybe he's going to try to make a statement at heavyweight. Was it Gustafson? Uh, maybe. But you look back, yeah, he, he KO'd Gustafson in the third round in 2018. Yeah, he only had three fights since then. Uh, but before that, right, it was a decision, 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 decision. Chael, he TKO'd. Um, I guess the uh, Daniel Cormier was a, a head kick in punches. That was back in 2017, but that was the one that was overturned. Um, but I just don't know. I don't know if John Jones is going to finish him, but I do think that he could, uh, just show that he is a dominant fighter and just win a, um, just a, just a, a, a great performance, but just a, just a dominant performance in, in general. Yeah. I kind of get flashbacks of the, uh, was the Vladimir Matsushenko fight where he got him in a uh, crucifix and just elbowed him straight to hell. That's what I kind of think may happen. I love that you're going back to John Jones in 2010, right? So 13 years ago, John Jones, 
Uh, and I remember that. that. That actually fight, I believe, was supposed to take place in Salt Lake City on a Sunday oh, really? night. And it didn't sell well, so they moved it to San Diego. Do you remember? Oh, yeah, you, can't do... you can't do Salt Lake on a Sunday night. That's exactly yeah, right. exactly. Do you remember how we watched it? What, what channel that was on? Oh, it was Versus. Versus. Oh, versus. Versus back in the day. But I remember that one because it literally scared me. Yeah. No, I was so afraid I mean, for Matsushenko's life. Just that, the quickness of those elbows and the damage that they caused. I mean, he was the janitor. Yeah. And they were cleaning up his blood. Yeah. No, that was, that was I mean, an incredible performance. If we, if we could see a vintage John Jones, uh, we're going to see. I mean, it's, he's been out of the ring for so long. And we're, we're going to, I mean, has as bulking season worked for him? That's going to be the real question. Yeah. And that's one of the good things about him taking this much time between fights. They've had time, him at Jackson Wink and wherever he's been working out, to figure out whether or not the bulk is too much for him. You know, so if they realize that, you know, all of a sudden he's moving a little slower, they've got time to work on his stretching, maybe ease up on the weights a little bit. Um, I think there's no reason to not see him at his best. I hope Aside so. from just age. Do you think that uh, John Jones, did he bulk up his legs? Or has he still got the same chicken legs? <laughs> If he didn't bulk up his legs, Sirogan may chop them in half. We will see. Uh, I'm excited. Do you have a pick for that? I think we're both picking John Jones, right? Yeah. yeah. John Jones, after this week, number one fighter on the planet. It'd pound be hard pound. to, uh, yeah. I mean, you go up to a second weight class, and granted, he's not defeating the champion, but he's defeating what, what's here, you know? That's all he can do. All right. Uh, in the co-main event, you got Valentina Chevchenko. Uh, the dominant champion, right? Uh, coming, fighting against Alexa Grasso, who's on a four-fight win streak herself. Uh, Ji Yeon Kim, Macy Barber, Joanne Wood, and Vivian Arujo. Uh, she defeated her. Valentina Chevchenko, I mean, although dominant, right? She is coming off a split decision win. First time she probably lost a, a scorecard, uh, going back to Amanda Nunes. Uh, you know, that was against Talia Santos. So there is a little bit of a chink in the armor, right, on, on Valentina. There is, but... That is against a completely different type of fighter than she's going to be facing Saturday night. Alexa Grasso is known more for her boxing. And when you're talking stand-up, it doesn't get any higher level than Valentina Shevchenko. So if this is going to, if this is going to be a kickboxing bout, you got to put your money on Valentina. Yeah, no, I, I, I do too. I, I agree. Uh, and the great thing right now is that this division is no longer like, hey, Valentina just... You know, yes, she ran. She she defeated Talia Santos. Um, she defeated Jessica Andrade, Kaylin Chikagian, um, Lauren Murphy. I mean, Valentina has beat the who's who in that division. Uh, her last ones: Talia Santos, Lauren Murphy, Jessica Andrade, Jennifer Maya, Kaylin Chikagian, Liz Carmouche, Jessica I, uh, Joanna and Jacek. Um, so going back, she's beat really almost everybody. But now you have some up and comers. You got Aaron Blanchfield, who we saw last week, who looked fantastic against Jessica Andrade. You got Manon Fierro. She's up there. Uh, you got uh, Alexa Grasso, who we just mentioned. So we've got three new title contenders that are right kind of in the mix. And, uh, and so, so Flyweight is, is alive and well again. And you know they've been watching her for a while. So you, they've known what they're trying to reach for. And it's almost like John Jones and when he was at the, the light heavyweight champion. These guys have been training for John Jones for years. So it could be the point where they're starting to catch up to Valentina. She is, what, 34, 35 now? She is 34. Yeah, so... Could time be catching up? Could talent be catching up? We shall see. Yeah. No, I, I love that. And then, man, the next fight, man. I, I love this fight, too. Oh, man. Shavkat Rachmanov 
Uh, he's fighting against Jeff Neal. Jeff Neal coming That's off such of that a good fight. fight. It is a sneaky good fight. And uh, unfortunately for Jeff Neal, I don't think it's going to end real well for him. He's coming yeah. off of two wins, Vicente Luque and, and Santiago Pondanibio. Uh Shavkat Rachmanov, I mean, he is just so, he's 16-0 uh, in the UFC. This is obviously, you know, he beat Neil Magny. Uh, and I, we know, like, Neil Magny, I hate to say, like, the ultimate gatekeeper, uh, but the way he yeah. submitted him, I mean, he is, he is on his way uh, to the top. And, and I think we're still a couple, maybe a year away from seeing Shavkat fight for a title. They're taking him across slow. But uh, this is, this is going to be a fun fight, only to see, like, how good is, Shav- is Shavkat. Yeah, and this is going to be his biggest jump up in uh, competition. Jeff Neal's at, what, a uh, 7. Mm-hmm. Neil Magny was 12, so now Shafkot's at 10. So it's, it's a good step up, and it'll really tell that if, if he wins this, I mean, he could literally just, like, skip Wonder Boy, uh, go right to maybe Burns or Muhammad. Yeah, well, I mean, Muhammad would have done Well, maybe not Muhammad. Say. Yeah, Muhammad, but, uh, Colby. What about Colby? Shavkat, Colby. I mean, Colby Colby's will not, not going to sign up for that. Colby will not take that fight. No. Uh, the other thing I would say is the net. I mean, Eddie, this, this whole main card is, is, is so good, right? Uh, Matus really Gamrot. Is. So remember, uh, Jalen Turner was supposed to fight Dan Hooker, uh, but he's fighting Matus Gamrot. Who did Matus Gamrot just lose to? Benil Dariush, the guy who is at the top of the division. He beat Armin Sarukian. Uh, he beat Jeremy Stevens, Scott Holtzman. He is... Gamrot is incredible Jalen Turner this is going to be his biggest test um Jalen Turner is you know he's on a five fight win streak Brad Riddell Jamie Malarkey uh Brock Weaver uh Earl Medic um so Joshua Coulibaly this will be the biggest step up for him if Jalen Turner gets this win he and, and he's young right so he's 27 he is another player right in this division remember Jalen Turner he's the tarantula guy do you remember that yeah yeah um, oh yeah and then Eddie to start the main card. I'm so sad I'm going to miss this. I'm going to be on a cruise this whole time. I'm, I'm not going to see any of this fight. Man, how do you not check the schedule before you book these things? My mom. My mom <laughs> booked it, okay? I didn't have a choice. Damn um, it, mom. Bo Nickel. Bo Nickel making his, you know, official UFC debut, right? He already has been on Dana White Contender Series. Uh, I feel bad for Jamie Pickett because he's he is brought out there to be, uh, you know, the, uh, the sacrificial lamb here. Yeah, as the saying goes... Um, he didn't get the call because UFC is in the Jamie Pickett business. No, he, he did not. But remember, uh, I, I, I want to think it wasn't, um, gosh, who was it? It's Aaron Pico. I'm trying to think who he fought in his opening fight. Um, it wasn't Jamie Kennedy because that's, no. a, that's a, an actor. Uh, but who it was <laughs> was Zach Freeman. I don't know why, where I came up with, with Jamie Kennedy. Zach Freeman in his debut, you know, they're not in the Zach Freeman business, right? Right. They are in the Aaron Pico business, and, and he lost the first round. So, uh, you know, you could see something like that. And, I mean, Aaron Pico is now oh, – Jeremy – J- Aaron Pico just lost to Jeremy Kennedy. Thank you very much. Um, but, anyways, they're in the Bo Nickel business. I think business. he was on the earlier uh, Bellator card. Yeah. Bo Nickel is in the uh, – um, they're in the bone nickel business, right? And, and this is really going to show like how good he is to start getting him and getting him accustomed to these fights. And I think the good thing about nickel is that he knows who he is. So he's not going to come out there like, oh, well, I'm going to show you that I'm a striker. I want to get a knockout. No, he's going to go in there and wrestle Jamie Pickett's butt off and probably finish him in the first round. Man, you even go to like the prelim card, right? Like all four of these fights, I'm, I'm invested in each of them. Cody Garbrandt. Uh, versus Trevin Jones. Trevin Jones, three-fight losing streak. Um, you know, Cody Garbrandt, you know, how chinny 
is Cody Garbrandt. He's, he's lost, lost five out of six, man. Yeah. The only win he has is against Rafael Sunset, and that was a beautiful KO. Remember that one? Um, oh, he brought that but, on his hip pocket. Oh, my gosh. But, you know, the, going back to, to 2017, the two Dillashaw losses, the Munoz lost, uh, Rob Font, Kaikar of France. I mean, he's fighting. Then you got, you know, probably, you know, Blonde Brunson is going to fight Drickus Duplessis. Duplessis, another, like, contender. Yeah, he's 4-0 since joining the UFC. Uh, Brunson, he was on a five-fight winning streak before he got KO'd by Cannoneer. But let's not forget a five-fight win streak in the UFC is a pretty big deal. So that's a sneaky good fight, too. We mentioned, uh, we mentioned KSW earlier. Uh, Drickus Duplessis was the former uh, KSW welterweight champ and, uh, and lost that actually to Roberto Soldic. That's a, uh, he's a, a good, uh, great fighter that's still in KSW over there. Uh, Vivian Arujo fighting Amanda Hibas, Julian Marquez versus Marc-Andre Barrialt. Uh, What's Eddie, Marquez going to have shaved into his chest? That I do not know. Let's take bets on it. Ooh. What's it, Vegas? It won't, be the, it won't be the Harrow because that was, who was that? Brian Ebersol? I'm gonna that go sounds with, right. I'm going to go with Brian Ebersol. Uh, Eddie, the fight in the prelim prelims, uh, Ian Gary versus Song Keenan. Uh, I'm excited. That's pretty good. Ian Gary is another prospect, 10 and 0. I mean, this fight card has just great fights all up and down it. And, you know, I'm kind of interested to see how Jessica Penne looks. She, you know, she's 40 fighting Tabitha Ricci, who's 7 and 1. That seems like a thrown to the wolves type of fight. But Jessica Penne is no joke. But she shouldn't be winning this one. I agree. All right. Hey, did you know the UFC's there's going to be a UFC uh, a women in UFC panel at South by Southwest? I did not know about that. Are you going to it? I'm going to be on a boat. Is Laura Senko on it? I don't know. I'm going to need you to find out. All right. When you get back, see if you can get a day pass or All something. Right. We'll see what we can do. Uh, Eddie, do you know that Bare Knuckle is going to be going to uh, be uh, to London? Dude, Bare Knuckle should always be in London. Like every time you watch a movie about like British gangsters or something and they're fighting. This was what you picture in your head when you see bare, you hear bare knuckle fighting. You picture that bare knuckle boxing should like always be in England, Ireland, Scotland. I don't even know who any of these people are. One guy, Eddie, one it. guy has a Wikipedia page. Yeah, Jake Lindsay. Yes, Connor he's, Tierney he's versus Jake Lindsay in the main event. The American in the main event. But I want to watch it. Look at all these Brits and Scots in this thing, and. No, that's a, is that the English flag or the Wales flag? I forget. I don't know what it is, but it, it'll be yeah. fun. Uh, yeah, Eddie. It will be. Well, Eddie, thanks so much, man. It, this was fun. We don't often get to just roll right through uh, right? and do, uh, and do you know, almost an hour together like this. Uh, thanks, but Texas I am, Basketball. I am, I am pumped for this. Um, but, Eddie, I'm going to be gone next week, and then you're gone. We're not going to be back together until mid-March. The Ides oh of goodness. March. We'll be back together. Uh, but, guys, we are proud to be the MMA show of Texas. Tell your friends. Uh, be sure to like and subscribe. Uh, follow us at Fight Night ATX on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. I will not be back next week, but I will see you in a few, guys. Have a great week. Stay safe. Be nice to each other. Keep it positive and love your life. And if we ever didn't thank you, let us do it now. Happy trails to you till we meet again.